Respectfully. 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 A melanated therapist. Welcome in and welcome home, family. I'm Dimitri. And I'm Marde. And this is Respectfully a Melanated Therapist podcast. Just a quick disclaimer, this is not therapy. We are just two people who are doing a podcast who happen to be therapists. The information on our podcast is for psychoeducation and entertainment purposes only. If you are in need of therapeutic resources, please feel free to contact us and we'll point you in the right direction. Before we kick off the show, let's talk a little bit about how you all can support us in our podcast. If you would like to show support through monetary gifting, you can send donations through Cash App at dollar sign respectfully MT. You can also show us support by sharing our podcast on social media, tagging at respectfully MT, rating the show, and writing reviews to let us know you're listening and enjoying the show. Thank you in advance. Thanks, friend. All right, fam. For today's episode, we're heading down to the valley. That's right. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's right, y'all. We're doing a review of the popular television series, P-Valley. We will explore our individual experiences with the show as a viewer and also as a therapist. We will discuss the storylines of the main characters, including pivotal and character-defining moments that happen over the course of two seasons. Okay, so friend. Just on impact, what are your overall thoughts on the show? I love this show. This show is monumental. It has put sex work in a place of understanding, right? For people to Mm -hmm. be able to culturally understand, Mm -hmm. as well as to show how hard these individuals work, period. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And also just the amount of queerness in this show yes (laughs) yes 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 i needed all like this show i don't know like this show gave me whole life whole Mm. whole ass life so on impact what about you overall thoughts of the show uh it's the representation for me um Mm. just on all levels the representation of you know the lgbt plus community the representation of you know single mothers mental health how that can show up in the black community you know just kind of shedding light on all different black cultural experiences you know what i mean and just Mm -hmm. you know um shedding a light on a lot of the issues that you know unfortunately are present within the black community, but also just, you know, relating the relatability of the situations that extend beyond gender identity, sexual orientation, Mm -hmm. and even race to, you know, human problems. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, granted, you know, the main, the the show, the main characters of the show are, you know, are black. Ultimately, these are still issues that any race or any individual mm-hmm. can experience and go through. So, you know, that representation and just the, the topics and, that they broached, you know, the barriers, some of the barriers that they, they're breaking um, and just talking about things that people don't want, necessarily want to talk about. And, mm-hmm. you know, and when you talk about things that people don't necessarily talk about, that comes with um, discomfort. Um, it comes with people um being negative towards it like it's just it comes with a lot so um but love 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 the show um hopefully we don't have to wait three thousand years for season three um because mm. i'm ready to you know see what's popping child i've just i think i like the harshness of the show 
Like mm-hmm. they don't, it's no time for, and I think that is why I was just kind of like, the fact that they are putting into reality what the sex worker experience, because, and I'm saying it that way because that's what they're called. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And I want people to understand like, not you know, all the characters, this but it's still be, present. No, but it's still present. That's mm-hmm. But it's the basis of the show is what I'm right. getting to. Yeah. These main characters, this is the basis of the show. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like this is their livelihood and things like that. Right. And I appreciate the brazen, the harshness of this show being like, mm-hmm. this is what it is. I'm not about to ease you into this. Right. And I think that's why I was saying that. But anyway. Yes. Ciao. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about my girl Mercedes. <laughs> Let's talk about my girl Mercedes. Let's talk girl, about my girl. First of all, first of all, the way that this girl twirls on that pole. Do you hear me? It's just, you scary. know, so I knew about like strippers and stuff like that. Um, like what they were. I've even been to a strip club before a few times. Um, but I've never, until this show, I never truly saw the beauty and the art of no. pole dancing. So not mm-hmm. necessarily the stripping part, like, you know, the, taking they off clothes, the, the sex yeah. part, but the actual pole dancing part, there's so much beauty and art in it. And I think that, you know, I love that the show displayed it in that way when they did the whole, you know, um, photography the exhibit, the art mm-hmm. show, the Mercedes experience. It showed it in an artful and tasteful way to let it, to, to almost kind of show us that there's beauty in it. Like, granted, it could be in a strip club, they could be half-dressed, or whatever the case may be while they're performing, but there's beauty and art in, in what they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. And then her story, it was just, um, ooh, child, um, abusive parent, um, you know, although, you know, uh, Pastor uh, Bishop Maya, whatever her name is now, Pastor Woodbine, <laughs> you know, although her intentions may have been to raise her in her perception of what appropriate raising, rearing to be, at the same time, it was still traumatic. It was still abuse involved. Um, and, you know, ultimately, you know, um, Mercedes being a single mom, but not having custody of her child, you know, ultimately, I feel like that is at the root of her self-esteem, her confidence as a woman, because she's unable to to be a mom, you know, mm-hmm. the way that she wants to be a mom. But what I can say is that when it's time to show up, she shows up. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that's 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 my that's my, you know, little, you know, summary of Mercedes on impact. What you got, friend, and then we can see what it's uh. like. <laughs> I love like I love her story mm-hmm. um because it's a story of resilience and it's one that many many black women have honestly and mm-hmm. to put her at this pillar of for one being an athlete okay like right. yes <laughs> this is athleticism okay <laughs> right. this is athleticism but just to put her at the pillar of still trying to make it out and making it out of this space that she, because she wants to be in a, in a different space. She wants to have her gym. She wants right. to reach her goals and her dreams. Um, it puts in perspective, you know, even when you have a number of odds stacked against you, your mama stealing your money to open up a church in comparison to giving you your money to open up your gym, right? And but then had the nerve to say that it was in God's plan. But right. go ahead, yeah. friend. No, 
my my funny factor. <laughs> like just the amount of resilience, right? And absolutely. And being able to see her be so, so, so angry and want to be pretty much hateful towards a number of people that have done her so wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and but still trying to be present and still listening when they speak. Every time her mama came in, she was didn't she didn't want to hear what her mama had to say, but she still mm-hmm. listened. She was right. still present for those conversations. She was frustrated, right. but still present for them. You know, like her character has so many layers. And so it's such a, I think her, her character. Oh, oh. And the holding, um, holding the trauma in her shoulder. Mm. Resiliency. Like, y'all. Yes. Yes. Y'all. Yes. Okay. But yeah, just, I think Mercedes is, um, it's such a, a a pivotal character in this series in particular Absolutely. because of all of those things and her ability to be resilient. Um, Loki, she kind of feels like the glue. Every time something was um, coming up again, it kind of came back to what was happening exactly. to Mercedes. Yeah. I think, you know, the resilient, I feel like that was the perfect word to describe Mercedes, resilient. Like she just, mm-hmm. regardless of the challenges that comes her way, she keeps pushing towards her goals. You know, you know, she's had some, you know, a lot of emotional distress, trauma, everything, but she is always there. Like she cares. Um, and she doesn't allow her circumstances or what happens to her to truly beat her down to where she stops moving towards her her ultimate goals and, and being the version of herself that she wants to. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, definitely resilient and um, very pretty, <laughs> of course. Oh, my God. Um, she is gorgeous. Yes, yes. She can't even um, help it. Yeah. And I don't know. I just I just feel like, you know, um, it's almost kind of like at the end of the day, um, you know, like you said, she wasn't trying to hear what her mama had to say, you know, after she did what she did and even jumped on her. But, you know, but then at the same time came around to say, you know, ultimately you are my mother and understanding that it was wrong for her to react that way. But at the same time, it's like you just literally treated me like someone in the streets and you're my mom. But you want me to regard you in that way when you kind of just disregarded my dream, stole my money, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, but their story but she, was that. Yeah. Yeah. Their story was that of a healed version because this was the same thing. Her mom experienced the same thing. Her mom was also in sex work and all of those things. And this was the the progression of of that. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that she's one of the most um, transformational or transitional characters on the show as far as Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, challenges and barriers that she has to overcome and constantly overcome. And, you know, it's almost like, you know, um, she in the show, like she's that staple black woman. Yeah, You know, that's from, quote unquote, the hood that, you know, has dreams and, you know, Mm -hmm. has these, you know, circumstances that were, you know, placed upon her that she didn't ask for, but she still pushes through and, and, you know, just the strength of, of, of a black woman, um, I feel is embodied in her character. Thanks. Okay, friend. So let's talk about Uncle Clifford. And the grand re 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 opening. <laughs> oh my god! I cannot the re 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 opening. Right at the pink. Love it at the pink. Um, <laughs> Clifford uses she/her pronouns, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. 
Now, is it so, me? But wait, but is it me or did that come about season two, but not season one? Because I don't, or has it always been she? I just, I have reason, no I idea. Like, I think it was season, I felt like it was season two. But that's, that's what why I'm like asking too, because I'm like, mm, I don't know. But right. regardless, love me someone, Clifford, okay? Because, <laughs> what, how many rules we got on Clifford? Listen, and I don't how know. Do we remember all of them? <laughs> right. But is the one they say all the time, there ain't no crying at the bank. I at can't the remember bank. the rule Which, number. What rule number is that? <laughs> I can't remember, but he say that one all the time. <laughs> oh my God. Granted. <laughs> so, love Uncle Clifford, funny as ever. Okay. And these outfits, baby. Right. You know about these outfits? Right. <laughs> I mean, over These the top extraness, like yes. These outfits, like, the wigs, the but I will say, I think my favorite part of Uncle Clifford is I was about to say he watching her undress and get back into how just just the the process his natural of state undressing mm-hmm. to natural state, getting back into the state that you know, sorry, she needs to be in for the paint. Like, it's right. just all of it, just the flow between, I. that's always my favorite part mm-hmm. of Uncle Clifford. And just like, you know, Uncle Clifford has some things that she needs to work on. Of course. <laughs> and we are going to get to this next person here, but this next person is forcing her to work on these things. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Uncle Clifford, just the first word that comes to mind is just transformation. Like just Ooh. transformation for the exact reason that you said. Like seeing, okay, like granted, this is who I am, but this is who I am when I step out my door, but when I'm in my natural state and and he's and sorry, and she's just Uncle Clifford, then that's a whole different experience that you get a chance to see mm-hmm. that you don't see at the pink. Um, but um, what Vulnerable, I love most, right? like, <laughs> what I love most about uh, her character is um, Uncle Clifford is unapo- unapologetically themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like unapologetically himself, and doesn't care what people think. Like he's going to be her, and at the same time, um, just the type of um the love and care and support that he shows to people that he loves. I'm sorry mm-hmm. that she loves. Oh, I'm sorry. The pronouns uh, get me because of the name uncle. Uncle. Um, <laughs> that, so the pronouns moving me up, but basically just the way that she shows up for the people that she cares about, I feel like it's amazing. And, you know, like you said, when we get to this next person, um, we'll kind of, you know, end up talking about Uncle Clifford some more because their storylines are interweaved into one another. Mm-hmm. So, um, but definitely um, bringing out um, that character is bringing out a side in Uncle Clifford that she has kept repressed for a long time. And I think a part of it is also feeling like she doesn't deserve it. And then at the same time, kind of denouncing it because she's trying to be considerate of the next character's you know, position and status in life. So it's almost like a selfless act, but also, you know... Um, An act of fear. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. correct. All right, that's my piece. Well, <laughs> let's get into it then. Let's talk about little murder, or should I say big murder? And the <laughs> seven pounds of pressure. <laughs> oh my God. Not the pound of pressure! 
Listen, can we? I'm sorry, friend. I'm gonna let you go, but can we high key talk about how this is one of the first shows that I feel like these songs can actually be sellable? Yes. Like I'm thinking back to like Empire and all of them other shows, and like right. them shows ain't it. The songs ain't it, but this, yeah. Oh yeah, okay, I can definitely okay. see myself uh, uh, creating a playlist and thumping the P Valley soundtrack. You know, right. <laughs> but um, okay. First of all, I feel like kudos to P Valley for this character, and the reason why I feel like it's so important and uh, a pivotal part of you know the culture is that everyone has in their mind. Um, how black gay men act or how they present. There's a stereotype around that, that every gay man, you know, you know, uh, what wants to be a woman, wants to act like a woman. They're super feminine. You know, all of these things are not masculine enough when in reality, being gay comes in many different shades and colors. Um, and everyone's experience is not the same. And I, I like the fact that they showed another side of be, what it's like to be a Black gay man. Now, granted, you know, it also, you know, highlights that that moral dilemma of accepting yourself for who you are, but also, you know, realizing that once you do that, then now you have to receive all of this uh, backlash or prejudice or discrimination from society as a whole because, you know, being gay is still considered, quote unquote, tap taboo or merely a lifestyle when we all know that that's not the case. Well, those who choose to step into the, the light of knowledge uh, know that, um, you know, there is still some ignorance out there and, you know, um, when it comes to that. But I just like the fact that this character shows that there's different levels to it. Um you know, also like the transformation that he's gone through, like he's had some some trauma. You know, he, he was a part of, you know, been to prison when he met his uh, obviously his first um, man, Teak. Um, Is that when he met him? I yes, thought they were in, just a part prison. of the same. Oh. I, I feel like that. I feel like, yeah, but I feel like the relationship started in prison, like the, the romantic relationship started. Oh, the romantic relationship. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's never. It wasn't really clear on when. Um, I guess Teep became a member. If they were already just members of the gang before they got before. romantic or after. But I'm assuming that. Um, you know. But anyway. But basically, that's where they started that that situation. But um, just to see his transformation and um, almost like getting to the point to where he chose love over what society would think. Um, I felt like that was a really big moment for his character. I loved it. Wait, are you talking I, about at the end? Yes, the when, he, when he basically comes out. Um, Question. Let me pause you. Okay. So this was brought to me, and maybe this is the question that we didn't need to ask. Do you think Uncle Clifford was just dreaming? Because right before all of this happened, she told Big L to just give him the whole bottle, remember oh, the pill, and lay on the couch. Fair enough. And we never saw her get up again to go to the grandma party. I could have sworn I saw her walk outside, like walk outside and then start dancing. But right, but not from that office. She right, was that's fair. Now, that's true. That's true. But 
I mean, what she was laying. We didn't see her fall asleep. Oh, but we didn't she see was her fall asleep. We didn't see her fall asleep, but she was laying on the couch. You are absolutely right. That's but the crazy part, part was that when, right. But the, at the same time, you know, even though it's possible for this to happen in a dream, but, you know, big murder, seven pounds of pressure. Um, he said, you're not dreaming. Oh, you ain't dreaming. He did say that. He to did her. say that. But you're uh, right. We don't. But we don't know. We don't know. Did, we won't know because it was the last episode. Who does that? P Valley. Um, <laughs> no, literally. But yes. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, no, but then side note, since we there, did you see how, um, you know, it was a lot of people who were um, smiling and happy, but did you see mm-hmm. the looks of disgust on the, some of the people's faces when they saw? Um, confused. Yeah, well, it was some confusion, mm-hmm. but it was some disgust. Like, is this really happening? Like, mm-hmm. what you, you know, what you're doing type of situation. But yeah, that's... um. Uh, we'll see though, okay. friend. Like you make a good point. We'll see what happens when it comes back. If that was a we dream or if that's reality. But part of me kind of feel like it might end up being a dream because I it was too good. Yeah, it was, it was too just, perfect. It was. That he it really was. came back. So okay, yeah. how I feel about Lamarda? I feel like he's learning. I feel like and I feel like that's great. I think that we have seen a good amount from him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I feel like he is the like stepping stone, quote unquote, soulmate. Or I'm sorry. I feel like Uncle Clifford is a stepping stone soulmate for Lil Murda, trying to mm. help him get to where he needs to go because he's kind of already gone through this process before. Right, right. right. And so, yeah. And so I feel like their storylines are very intertwined with each other. Mm. I don't feel like there could be an Uncle Clifford anymore without a Lil Murda and vice versa. Right, um, right. And initially, that wasn't my thought process, but I do agree with you that I'm glad that they're showing what uh, this could look like in a different form of what people's stereotypical version of uh, a gay black man could be. Um, right. But I like him. I like his. I like his rap. You know, and mm-hmm. I mean, I I could do without his impulsiveness. Mm. but this is a part of his learning process. I can just, I, but I really can't do without his impulsiveness. He gives me a little bit too much anxiety. Um, cause, cause he got anxiety. <laughs> yeah. No, literally. <laughs> <laughs> he has anxiety. <laughs> he literally does. So yeah, he got PTSD bad. Real bad. That too. Yeah. Um, and was, you know, okay. Trigger warning. We've been to talk about suicide. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and he's, you know, not only did he have his own personal trauma, but he was, witness to someone taking their life in front of him which was teak which was his previous first love love, you know first male love um and you know ultimately um that's damaging you know to someone and that puts i just couldn't imagine what someone who has witnessed that goes through emotionally and mentally um and then just to kind of track back a little bit but teak's story he was severely abused when he was a child. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, and then having to struggle with depression and, you know, and at the same time, kind of putting all of your stock into, you know, love, into a situation that didn't materialize or end up, you know, with the outcome that he had hoped. And I'm not saying that, you know, that breakdown in the relationship is truly the cause of him taking his own life. Ultimately, it was the 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 condition, the depression that got him to that place. But at the same time, it's almost kind of like, okay, the only thing that I have that was certain 
was this love that I had with Lamert. And then mm-hmm. now I get out. First, it kind of, you know, you abandoned me and I, I still accepted you when you came back. But now you're telling me that, you know, you in love with uh, someone else, you know, and this part and the way he described um, Uncle Clifford to Teague, I was like, that was deep. Why did you say that like that? You know, to him. Because like, it was the ultimate, truth, though. It was the truth. I do. I get it. And, you know, but ultimately, you know, he broke his heart, you know, but like I said, yeah, I can't but that's say, not his. I know. That's, that's why I'm his... saying that. I, I I know. That's why I'm saying that you, I can't say that, you know, like put that on little murder because ultimately it was the, it was the condition. It was the depression. Mm-hmm. It was how he was feeling. Like he was in the, the driver's seat of that situation. But, you know, just looking at all of the factors that played a role in, in his unfortunate uh, decision to, to, for T to take his own life. Did you notice the foreshadowing with him wearing the Death King on his yes. on his shirt? And I knew he was going to do it. I was just I like, I just didn't yeah. know when. Because he was always insinuating, yeah. you know, that that's what he wanted or that's right. what he preferred at this point in his life. But. Right. And <laughs> and then, but so, you know, that brings us to another another thing, like, you know, paying attention to what you're hearing and seeing from your loved ones or people who you're sharing your space with. And even sometimes, you know, typically sometimes in passing um, with a stranger, but, you know, um, there are sometimes, not every time, but sometimes there's subtle things that pop up that kind of alert you that something is wrong. And, you know, ultimately, you know, I think, well, actually, I'm going to ask you this question. Do you think that because their core environment, which is the gang, which is the tough guy, which is the the quote the the gangster part of of their lives, do you feel that you know there's this facade to carry that you know macho, macho. tough guy act right um, over actually saying something when you see that something could be wrong? So I think yes and no. What I think versus I know Lil Murder saw the signs because he was constantly right. trying to do things for him right. to yep. make sure that he felt loved and that he wanted to still be here. That was mm. where that whole speech was coming in at the end where he was like, I will dream it for you. I see your right. future for you. You don't even got to see it right now. Like, you know, right. kind of thing. Right. But mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, we have to be very, very, very clear is that this is actually what Lil T, I mean, what Lil T, what? preferred right as he went through the process this was him going back to his childhood home Mm -hmm. looking at this closet that he was kept in all of these things have been Mm -hmm. haunting him right and this was relief for him and as Mm -hmm. much as i would never encourage a suicide attempt or completion i would never Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day we still have to recognize that I think even with these subtleties, I think that Lil Murder tried in the ways that he could to kind of right. bring him back down to being grounded right. the way that he knew how. And right. even trying to have conversations with him because they did have some intimate conversations in their day to day. I don't think that that was, would have been enough because this was not a struggle between them two. This was an internal struggle that he had been dealing with for years. All he mm-hmm. needed was space and opportunity. Right, right. Yeah, you know, it's I completely agree that, you know, ultimately it was Teak's decision. Um, and regardless of what 
the outside factors that contributed to it and who were a part of those factors, it was still ultimately his decision. And, you know, ultimately there is, in a situation like that, you can only do so much because at the end of the day, that choice is still with that individual. And, you know, for those who watch the show, as you can see, all of that, like for, it was almost like for a brief moment in time, he almost signed on to what LaMurda was saying. Almost. You can almost see that he was almost there, but it just, you know, that trauma, you know, what he's gone through, that, that those feelings that he were feeling, he was tired, you know, emotionally, you know, he just ultimately ended up going in the other direction, but it was such a um, intense and, and hard scene to watch. Um, and Why do you think he, let me ask you, why do you think he did it while Lil Murder was there? Mm, to be honest with you, all, the first thing that comes to, to mind for me is that he didn't want to die alone. Mm. Yeah, that he didn't want to die alone. Because at the end of the day, we know he loved La Murder. La yeah. Murder, look, look at my, my grandma trying to correct grandma trying to come in <laughs> but um, <laughs> but you know at the end of the day he loved him and i just wouldn't think that he would do anything to intentionally harm him you know what i oh, mean yeah, no. but at the same so i just felt like you know ultimately in the world someone who la murder was the only one who truly loved him for him and then in addition to that I, you know i feel like you know no one wants to to die alone what do you think mm. is the reason why he did it in front of i honestly i don't know i think Maybe you're right that he didn't want to die alone. I think there were so many things. Right. He he did it in the car that Lil Murder got him. Lil Murder was there. They had a whole moment right before. It was just so many layers. Um, but maybe not. Maybe he didn't want to die alone, and maybe this felt the safest to do it with somebody that he knew would be present for yeah. him. Yeah, because that was the whole thing, right? That was all his trauma mm-hmm. of people not being present for him. And I was just gonna say. Uh, yeah, he did have like a little glimmer at times of being like, okay, I can kind of buy into this dream a little bit. But I think mm-hmm. often what was happening is um, that his trauma would overshadow just right. even learning about the different traumas or the vicarious trauma that was happening within the world when right. he was released from prison. Oh, every yeah, time that was... something came up. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think, like, he would try to sink into this world of, oh, my gosh, yes, we can have it all. It can just be us. And da, da, da. But then something right. would leak in and trigger him. And it was like it would throw him off balance. Mm. So he couldn't even be appreciative of this being able to live out this dream of right. what he's always wanted. So. Right. Because at the end of the day, all of those things were given to him by the murder. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And it was all kind of attached to the murder. And I feel mm-hmm. like um, at the end of the day, you know, knowing that that love wouldn't continue to materialize in the way that he wanted, ultimately, you know, kind of um, shattered the rest of what he was holding on to, to keep going. Um, you know, it's it was just so sad. It was just so sad. The history, <laughs> his background and, you know, um, and how his story played out because depression is real. You know what I mean? And it's serious. And it happens like just like that all the time. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's just not talked about. So I'm kind of glad that they, you know, put that into the story so that people can understand that mental health is real and it's present in the Black community and it shows up in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, hopefully 
through this show, a lot of people expand their knowledge and their education about all of these different issues that were broached um, during the show um, to to be more understanding, to be more empathetic and uh, more supportive, even if you don't agree. Because being supportive, being inclusive and accepting someone does not equal agreement. Right. It's more than tolerating. It's definitely right. more than tolerating, but exactly. definitely don't mean agreement. Um, yeah. I want to, I want to kind of this piece here. I want to close off by making a note that this was Big Teak's moment of taking his power back in so many ways. Yeah, and if you guys want to rewatch this, right, this was his moment of taking his power back. Well, okay. Well, now, friend, let's talk about Miss M I Crickle Letter Crickle Letter I Crickle Letter Crickle Letter I P P I Miss Mrs. Pride. Yes, yes. Let's get into her her uh her tease, honey. I the athleticism. Can we just start there? And the beauty, the elegance, the all the all of it. I love it. She's just. I love what she can do, but yes, hockey. I really just want to start off by saying on another note, she just need to lead as white men, but we all know that the hardest part, the most dangerous part of abusive relationships is trying to lead because that's mm-hmm. when you typically die. Yeah. I loved the story that autumn night, Haley, Mm-hmm. That she told in order to get her to see, like that she was in the, an abusive relationship before. Here's right. how you can get out. I loved that. Um, I'm so pissed that she wasn't able to get out, and that the girl called talking about, "Oh, the kids are here." Like, who told you to call the, somebody? The, the stepmama. Yeah, the stepmama. But I feel like. Uh. I feel like low key that she did, she did it on purpose. Like, yeah, but I felt like she showed up or she might have heard something in the background. So I don't feel like the sister told. I feel like she just somehow came upon that information. Who is that, Mama? Yes. I feel like. Oh, yeah, somehow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But nobody like told, told her. her oh, no. But nobody yeah. told her to call her Derek to ass. Why would you call him? Like she was ready to go. Like I mean, bags pack, everything. Oh my Money, god! But I'm not gonna jump into uh, the yeah. Okay. How I feel about Mississippi is what was the what's the bodyguard name that we love? Diamond. Because because he do hoodoo. Diamond. Diamond. Okay. Mm-hmm. We we mess with Diamond. That root worker. We mess with Diamond. Way. The long way diamond and just the, we, ooh, yeah. yeah. Never mind. Look, <laughs> ever since listen, Look. since the half and a half knots, honey. I'm just saying. <laughs> Listen, we messed with Diamond, okay? So, I feel like... Oh, and then she sent Diamond to do a hit on Derek. Yeah, He ain't make it! He ain't make it! No, he did not make it. Oh, my God. I don't like the storyline. Yes. I was guest for her tell, like basically finally cashing in that card because he been gave her that card and she actually cashed it in. But I was perturbed that she did it on the jail phone. That was that perturbed. Right, me. but the way she but, explained it, you could tell that you you couldn't really make out what she meant. But I feel like I mean, I, well, we knew what she meant, but you know, mm, I didn't like that the fact that she did it that way as well because you want to record it live, baby. 
It right. It made too many. It no. I feel like you could still be able to tell. Cause okay, let's let's be real. If there was somebody on a homicide case for Derek going missing or for him being dead, after she they be just the first pretty suspect. much exactly because they just watched her lash out on him because CPS was there or DHS was at the house. Mm-hmm. So there's that, but regardless, Mississippi baby, this is not about everybody else. This is about you. I feel like I love you, sis. She's one of the ones that I'll be like, I love you, sis, but you still got to get your life mm-hmm. because there are. I understand that her actions are out of fear, right? The other side of it is, you know, he started to really hurt the kids, right? And I don't have children, but my first thought is, you know, of course, you know, if you're in that situation, you're probably thinking, what's the safest thing for me and the kids? Is it to stay or is it to try to get out to leave? Right. And I'm sure that is a tug of war. I just wish she would have given Diamond a chance, but I also understand the circumstances. It's so complicated. This is a storyline. Yeah. This is a storyline that I hate the most. Um, only because I think I have worked with DV, domestic abuse or mm-hmm. domestic violence so long and it was just real. It was telling. It was, it didn't give us the facade of how people get out with DV, you know, all of those. It didn't give us that. It gave us the real deal, the real tea. And mm-hmm. it just, and I think for me, when I'm watching a show, I like to fall into the fantasy of it. And this show doesn't really give you that. So <laughs> this is a storyline I hate it the most because I just need her to get away from him because if she doesn't, he's going to kill her. Literally. And them kids. Literally. Um, okay. So this one is, I feel like there's a lot of complexity with a lot of characters, but I feel like there's a lot of complexity in Miss Mississippi's um, storyline. And I'm really glad that we got to see more of her story in the, you know, in the second season. Cause I was like, just wondering like, how did we get here? Miss Mississippi? Cause you know, we started, we started the see the first season with black eyes and covering, mm-hmm. you know, and using makeup to cover up on impact, like within the first two episodes. But anyway, um, I like the fact that the show um, is highlighting it because it's not always as simple as leave. And, you know, and a lot of times when you're on on the outside looking in, it's a simple choice, but it's not simple for the victim. And especially, you know, being when they're currently in a situation, because sometimes they feel so stuck um, and debilitated by fear that they can't move away like they can't move away from it or get out of it um and you know one of the things that they highlighted in her storyline um was something that you know we often see and hear especially in our work that um the victims um who have children in the home sometimes normalize the abuse that they receive just like whatever you could do whatever you want to me just don't hurt my kids and then when the kids Mm -hmm. you know start to get hurt then there's a different level of urgency that comes into play sometimes Mm -hmm. because that's still not always the case because some people never get out of domestic uh, violence situations um alive um so you know we want to you know make note of that too that not all situations are like you know miss mississippi um you know 
just let's go back to her character before I jump back into the heavy stuff. But first of all, just drop dead gorgeous. Like she is mm-hmm. so freaking beautiful. Like just and then the makeup just like just makes it even more her even more beautiful. Um, but I feel like the way that she she pole dances is so beautiful and and so much artistry is in it, just like Mercedes, but she comes at it from a different angle. It's almost kind of like, you know, how they refer to Mercedes as the OG and then, mm-hmm. you know, Miss Mississippi as the the new blood or, you know, the new age. Um, you know, but the things that she could do, it was just uh, on that pole is just amazing. And that whole um, collaboration with La Murda, that was everything. Like them collaborating <laughs> together was everything. But anyway, one of the scenes for me um, that really uh, was tough was that, you know, ultimately when she figured out that the abuse had extended to her children, she stopped giving a fuck about how she came at him, knowing that he's violent. Because at that point, the mama bell kicked in and you're not going to be hurting my kids. So that particular scene when she questioned him and he started beating her and, you know, it made it to the kitchen and um, he took the the iron and put it to her face. And she was like, anywhere but my face. That just touched me in a different way is because it's like, you know, that this is happening to you and you know that he's going to do it and that this is your circumstances that you're kind of quote unquote stuck in at this point um but not my face you know what i mean almost kind of like i mean i know but i'm just saying but just that just the fact that you have to compromise with someone Mm -hmm. in that way that was just so (sighs) off-putting and so hurtful to watch um but let's talk about how miss mississippi actually did leave him in the very beginning but her stepmama made her go back so she actually did try to mean? leave. So remember, um, he had put his hands on the. I think she was pregnant when he did it, and she left, and she it was raining, and she went back. Oh home. yeah, yeah, yeah. And she wanted to leave him and come back home, and her stepmom made her go back. Yeah, cause her stepmom, she was Cinderella. Just a bitch. Her stepmama. I'm sorry. No, I don't, you know, what? I, just a, For real? Ooh, I, could, I don't like her character at all. Um. Ugh. Like I hate, like I, I dislike her like ten times more than I do Pastor Woodbine, and I don't like Pastor Woodbine. But wait a minute, didn't her stepmom also deal with some abuse with her dad or something like that? Not, or I it think was it, some not kind abuse. Of... It was um infidelity. But mm. what she, but what she, so she's trying to equate that. Ultimately, um, what the stepmom said was that you know you just go through what you go through. It yeah, is what it is that. type of situation. Which was trash. Which was very much trash. But, you know, even at that point, if that's what... But but she said that when she started noticing Derek, um, like, buying her stuff and mm-hmm. dressing her up like a baby doll, and that's mm-hmm. when she made the comment because, ultimately, the dad is is unfaithful and she mm-hmm. felt like she was being traded in for uh, a younger model. Um, And that's when she gave that advice. But at the end of the day, regardless of how you feel about what you, you just go through, if she's trying to come back home and get away from a dangerous situation, um, then let her come back, pregnant or not. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She's trying to be safe. But anyway... But the, but the the other thing I'll say is, is that the red flags were there, you know, and sometimes you yeah. don't see the red flags. Meaning, remember when she first met him and how the people were talking about her because she, um, you know, the whole um, interracial thing, you know, they were making <laughs> slurs at her and he just violently jumped on the man. And it was just like almost on impact that she conceptualized that as protecting her versus 
he's a violent and angry person. Well, yeah, of course, because remember their first interaction of them was when the football players were making fun of her. Right. And he stepped and in. And he jumped on them. Mm-hmm. He, right. And so, it, yeah, of course it comes across as a protector. You don't assume that they're going to do that to you. Right. But I feel like at the same time, like just that vicious, like it was, it wasn't the fact that he jumped on him to protect it was her. Unhinged. It, was the fact, it was unhinged. And the fact that um, you, he's already defenseless and people are mm-hmm. telling you to stop and you can't control yourself. So that's where it comes, you know, to me, that's where it went in the other direction. Like you can't even control yourself. So even if you are, your intent was to protect her, like you can't even control yourself when you angry. You know what I'm saying? So because that the intent could spill over into that. anything. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. The intent wasn't to control. I got you. Right. Uh hate to see it. But I hope. You know, and then it, it, so you know, TV shows kind of bring out certain parts of 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 an individual because, you know, never have I ever seen so many people um be down for quote unquote murdering. <laughs> basically like everybody like kill Derek on kill Derek you know and um but I do, I, I do listen when she had called Diamond and she said that little uh, gave that little child uh like story to him and he knew what she meant I was like get him I'm like get him Diamond but You're Diamond about... got damn kidnapped oh my god but see but because you know she only knew... turned him in because, because she he... saw them kissing yes yes that's the she only really reason she turned him. him in she did, and she was not going to turn him in because she could have been turned him in. Because she she had been seeing that ring. She was like, Ooh. Exactly. But and she was, was so like, busy. Don't getting, touch that. She was, listen, she was so busy getting the D that mm-hmm. uh, she wasn't thinking about that job. But then all of a sudden, you see that his, you know, how he look at Miss Mississippi and Miss Mississippi. But Miss Mississippi didn't know that they had a thing. So, you know, so she kissed him. And then she was wondering, like, well, what's wrong? I thought you wanted to be with mm-hmm. me, you know, all this time. And I'm ready. But I actually know she was saying goodbye, actually. She right. was not trying to get into a relationship with him. But she was actually saying goodbye because she knew she was leaving for good. But she didn't know y'all had something going on. But now you done got Diamond kidnapped. And he, because at first I thought they was just going to kill him. But obviously they finna torture him. So Yeah, they want to you know. know where he at. They want to know a lot of stuff. They want right. to know where Autumn is at. Or Haley. Right. They want to know where she at. Mm-hmm. Um, There was something else I was going to say about... Where where were we just at when you were kind of like talking about with Mississippi leaving and stuff? Oh, and then how Diamond got kidnapped. Ugh, bro, I just lost it, y'all. I cannot remember because, hmm, and it was something good too because maybe having me messed up with the show. Oh, you said you had never seen so many people ready to for somebody to be killed off. Oh, yes, yes. Look, I have. You watch Power? <laughs> Oh yes, yes, I do. Listen, you remember what was her name? Um, with the red hair that Tommy had on the show that that was his girlfriend. Oh, before he got with Lala. Holly. Holly. Yes. Yes. I was ready for Holly to die. Okay. I was like, <laughs> bro, she needs to just die. And then when they kill her off, when Tommy was the one that killed her, I said, I knew it. She just needed to go. She was doing a little bit too much. She was causing too many problems. She was just, mm-mm. She no, caused too many problems. Um, she was. Yeah. But, you know, but it hurt. <laughs> but he didn't want to. But, you know, but wasn't it? We Okay, sorry. We on a different show. I, we, we'll talk about that later. Because right. I feel like somebody um told him he had to, but he didn't want to. But he did it anyway. But she haunted his ass for a while. But anyway. Um, still haunting him. So. 
you know, the only other thing I would say, you know, about the Miss Mississippi uh, storyline is that um, it just seems like, you know, for her, like, she's just in so much danger. Like, it's her whole story is just danger and safe. Um, and, but did you see how, um, you know, of course, how Derek figured out that she was, um, well, actually, before she even got the plan together, he had already took the battery out the car because he knew that she was getting ready to, to hit it on his ass. And that's why he took the battery out the car. But the fact that he called and turned everything, called CPS and um, turned everything around on her and she ended up going to jail because she knew that that, you know, she was fed up and she will react like that and get herself thrown in jail. And then now you're not going to go anywhere without your kids. So now you stuck again and now you stuck in jail. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just bullshit. But um, I can't say. Yeah, that's my least favorite storyline. Um, the only reason I say I hate I want the hate is because I like her, but I do hate her storyline and everything she's gone through. Mm-hmm. But I am glad that they um, they shed a light on it because domestic violence happens Every day, you know, every and, day, and 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 it doesn't always just. It's not always intimate partner, and and sometimes there's situations where there's uh violence in the home, and the intimate partners aren't fighting. It could be one of the parents abusing the kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah. But I do hope that um she's able to get out. She must without moving away. <laughs> yeah. Right. I yeah. Know. Right. Unless he dead. If he dead, she could stay. But now it's going to be hard to do this. because One, because Diamond got kidnapped. And two, you're going to automatically be the first suspect because you jumped on him in front of CPS and the um the police. But did you see what that CPS lady said to her? Because mm-hmm. she was a stripper and just just nasty. But anyway. All right, friend. I'm, I'm done. Okay, I'm on my soapbox. No, look, you can stay on it. Because I, I think I'm just quiet because this storyline like it just brings up so many emotions for me and i'm just not here for it but okay well since we're talking about you know killing people and all can we talk <laughs> about wody let's listen, talk about wody <laughs> listen okay so first of all i i love wody and <laughs> the reason that i love like the first thing that comes to mind when you say wody is ride or die if i no ever facts. want somebody to ride or die for me like that now i'm not saying go killing people but I'm just saying that Wody is the def- the definition of ride or die. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The way that he, but what really, um, you know, um, made me a Wody fan is when um he approached La Murder about his um situationship or relationship with Uncle Clifford, and mm-hmm. he was like, you know, I don't agree with it. But the heart wants what it wants. And then he decided that he was going to support Lil Murder and protect him. And that's when I became a Wody fan. Because at first I thought he was going to flip out because, you know, he was keeping a secret from everybody. You know what but I'm saying? But that's what he was mad about. Yeah, fair enough. But I mean, but at the end of the day, you don't know how your homeboy going to um, yeah. react. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But the fact that he stepped up in such a way and still loved him and supported him as his friend, regardless of whether, you know, um, you know, who he loves is different from who he would love. You know, that wasn't a factor. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually think it actually kind of brought them closer together because now there was a part of Lil Murder's life that he didn't have to shield from his mm-hmm. his really good homeboy. Um, and then the fun- and then funny part, like, he is just too comfortable with death. I mean, granted, he is a mortician, but my goodness, like, he just don't, 
flip them, <laughs> rub them, like dress, like he just. Oh god! And he did such a good job with teeth. I know it's just uh, theatrics and and yeah. you know, but you know, just I don't know. But I like Wolf. I'm definitely team. Wolf. What about you? Yeah, I'm also a Wolf fan. I loved that scene where he was like leaning on the casket on the phone during in the because he's a mortician. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like I said, he's so comfortable uh, with that. Yeah. I was Listen, like, what they ride around in a whole hearse. <laughs> in a hearse. In a hearse. And but the amazing symbolism of them riding around in a hearse. And he's typically the driver. Right. Right. But the of death is always on their back. Like right. it is always on their freaking back. Like and around it's them. riding with them. I see the symbolism. Yes, literally. And yeah. yeah. But Wody, I like Wody. He be he be chilling. He be vibing. He move, and you won't know he did something. And Listen, then he but just wait, there. Oh, when, he, when he took out Rome, did you see how um at the, how he winked his eye at him? Because you know they used to play that game. Because when the, they the, winked the, at the you, game. they did. I said, "Yep, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about." <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Listen, don't and judge I, us, y'all. This is a good show. This it gets you. This show just, is great. Yeah, I'm not a show. killer, you know, but All right. if Don't I can watch, me, you know, yeah, I was about to say that too, but then I was like, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> maybe. I'll do, look, we're joking, y'all. We're joking, okay? <sighs> to a certain no, degree. No, but high key, like, I love this show, I think, just because just this, sir, they're all in a state of survival. But right. Wody, even though he is in this state of survival, his intention is to be a protector and self-sacrifice for everybody else. A lot like Uncle Clifford. And I appreciate that about his role because Mm -hmm. very in opposition to Uncle Clifford, he doesn't take up as much space on purpose. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the time it's like, he doesn't have to take up as much space because he going to do what he need to do regardless. He's the friend that's like, oh, they were they was talking shit or they were doing something that they weren't supposed to do or this person was plotting against you. I'm going to handle that. And then I'm not even going to tell you about it because I already handled it. Mm-hmm. He's that friend. And I can always appreciate a friend like that. Right. Period. I mean, I feel like he he take it a little further than it needed to be sometimes. But, you know, mm-hmm. to each their so, own. You made a real good point and it, it made something stick out to me. Um, you know, what I've noticed, like the main characters, um, the so I know Uncle Clifford. Um, I did, you know, pronouns are she and her, but just overall, just the 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 highlighting strong black men in general. Like there's an mm-hmm. emphasis on strong black men, regardless of their circumstances and regardless of how they identify or who they love. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I like the fact that, you know, we see basically we're getting to see different shades of strong black men that are not cookie cutter because at the end of the day, we're not cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But I love how you basically compared those two character traits of Uncle Clifford and Wody because they are exactly the same in that way. They just present to the world different. That's Mm -hmm. great. Great connection. Great connection. Yeah. And who they're choosing to protect, you know? Yes, exactly. So, but yeah, so love it, love them, love Wody. Yeah. Yes. I, I, you, I'm just waiting for it to come back, you know, so I can see what, what's, what's popping. Um, before, you know, we move on, um, I have a question for you. Out of all mm-hmm. the characters, everybody's going through their own 
um, you know, challenges and, and life, you know, situations. But who do you think is the most stable mentally out of all of them? Um, I think the most mentally stable out of all of them right now, I think it has to be between Mercedes mm-hmm. and Autumn. Honestly, Haley. Yeah, Autumn. Yeah, yeah. Um, because Autumn, uh, I mean, I think that she's as stable as she's going to get based off of the trauma history. She's about surviving at this point, especially she knows there are people on her back trying right. to find her. Right. Um, and she's very calm, cool, and And was literally right under her nose. Mm-hmm. And she hired her. Didn't even know it. Yep. Didn't even know mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's that. And then, you know, the other person being, who did I just say? Mercedes. Oh, uh, Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Mercedes, the other person being Mercedes, yeah. I feel like she's also one of the more stable. She's she's done a good amount of her healing work. Mm-hmm. I think of course she still has some room that, you know, some ways to go, but she's a lot more in the space of acceptance than I think many of the other characters are not are not there. Mm-hmm. She's more of like these are the cards that I'm dealt in and here's how I wanna use utilize those cards. Right. And we didn't <laughs> talk about um autumn night specifically um i just feel like there's more to the backstory that we haven't gotten yet so i don't feel like you know i can really uh i don't know i just don't feel like i can really dive in to say oh this is you know but on on my own impact i can say um she's definitely a savage um and uh quite you could tell she has a good heart but she's more selfish than she is selfless for sure um but um you know, and uh, grandmother Ernestine, <laughs> she is funny. She's my as favorite. Hell, my she favorite. is funny as hell. Um, so we got to give grandmother a shout out. I thought they was gonna kill her, but I'm glad that she survived the Rona. Um, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, she grandmother is my favorite. I think, especially because because she can't see, all of her other senses have to be heightened, including her sixth sense, mm-hmm. and. You know, I love me a, a elderly person that can be in a sixth sense talking about bringing right. her to the water. <laughs> right, right. And it was like, she ain't drink the water. Thank God. I know God. she did. Like, you know, yeah, it's <laughs> like, she was like, I ain't thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, what did she say? Oh, my goodness. Um, oh, I can't remember how she said it. But basically, um when LaMurda came to the house, but Uncle Clifford wasn't ready to see him yet. And mm-hmm. he stood behind the door, even though LaMurda saw him. But mm-hmm. um, I forgot what what she said, but she was like, um, and Amazon um, delivered delivered it to your door. <laughs> Get to your door. Like, I scream. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> and, but it's also really good to see... Um, Loretta Divine is such a role because she's always oh, yeah. in like the, the soft, you know, mm-hmm. she's been in funny roles, but not in this vulgar, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So I, I love I, I love her character for sure. She's the only like person that can't call out Uncle Clifford and it's okay. And not get the business, basically. Right. And right. not get the business. <laughs> right, right. Um, so what's your, before we move on, what's your, you know, your thoughts on on Autumn Night? Or Haley. Um, she a hustler Definitely. at this point. Mm-hmm. And depending on what she's experienced, 
that it will create a lot of explanation for why she's moving the way she's moving. Exactly. And we haven't gotten all of that yet. No, not all of it. We've gotten glimpses and pieces, mm-hmm. but that's the point of her, right? Like right. the reason why we don't have her story yet is because we're not supposed to know why she's where she is right now. Right. Not yet. You least. know, not yet. But I I can appreciate her, but I feel like, well, we know a lot of her moves are selfish. And right. she came into a community that's very community based and right. less you know, selfishness. And so right. she can't stay here. She can't like stay at the paint like until right. unless she's gonna be more communal. Right, right. And also, you know, let you know, give people um more of an ex you know, explanation or a view into her journey that, mm-hmm. you know, what truly got her to where she is now. So we know, you know, Montavious that there, you know, some trauma there and she ran for her life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we still don't understand, you know, more person. We know that she lost her daughter. So, but we don't know the rest of the story to truly understand why she's doing the things that she, why she moves the way she moves, like you said. But at the same time, we know that trauma's there. So we know that that's kind of contributing to a lot of the actions or the selfish mm-hmm. actions that she's making. We still don't have that full story yet. Oh, wait, isn't she pregnant? Oh, twins, according to Whisper. Twins, according to Whisper. <laughs> Child, whisper ass. She's a little bit creepy. Um, yeah, definitely creepy. She's creepy. Oh, and roulette. She, she's so interesting. It's interesting for me to see her in this role when the last mm-hmm. role I saw her in was Snowfall, where she was addicted to crack. Mm. So it's... Quite a transition. It's interesting. And it's cool because in this show she has a lot of power she has mm. a lot of power she does but, but it sounds which was birthed through pain it seems yeah like. uh-huh mm. just like the rest of these characters but yeah you know especially for uh Haley, yeah she baby girl's pregnant so maybe we will have a different experience with her now that she is having children again mm. because i think right. her hardened version of herself is due to her daughter being killed exactly okay all right, fam. So now it's time for the Therapist Hats Off segment of the podcast. Before we get started with this segment, we just want to remind you all to send your questions and topic requests to respectfullymt at gmail.com. Uh, friend, do you have our first question? Yes. Who is your favorite character of the show and why? Yikes. This <laughs> is, although a very simple question, is to me, it's not a simple answer. Because I, I like a lot of, uh, of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, for a lot of different reasons, but if I had to pick a favorite, um, it's a it's really a tie between Miss Mississippi and Uncle Clifford. Um, mm. But I think I'm leaning more towards Uncle Clifford, and I know some of y'all listeners may be listening like, "Oh, of course you do," but no, it's just <laughs> but ultimately um, the reason that I that Uncle Clifford is is my lead favorite character is because he's unapologetically himself and he doesn't care Mm -hmm. what people think and you know but he's not ignorant to the fact that he is unique and different and that he stands out and that everyone is not accepting of it but he still goes about his life living um without fear and that's what i like about him and of course his personality he keep you laughing like Mm -hmm. he's serving looks you know what i'm saying and just of course the way that he cares about those around him and you know how he's all about elevating and you know not making you know 
the pink your home, but a stepping stone to be- bigger and better things in your life. And, you know, how he's all with the growth and development. And, um, but yeah, but the main piece is really the fact that he don't give a, uh, he doesn't care what other people think about him. And he's unapologetically himself. Mm, how yes. about you? Because I feel like you kind of said it, like, you know, you said you love, <clears throat> you know, grandmother, like, but mm-hmm. who's your favorite character in life? So, top three grandmother, Uncle Clifford, and Bodie. Now, grandmother will always take the cake because she just, I feel like she comes in for some good comic relief and so does Uncle Clifford. Right. Um, And some really, really hard times. And I feel like they're the epitome of Black people. Black people always got to find something funny when ain't nothing funny. Right. And like, (laughs) it's them. They will will do that. Coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. They always got to find something funny when ain't nothing funny. But you know i feel like their placement of comic relief with them in particular is amazing and so grandmother it definitely brings that in um and it's a reminder of you know you don't have to take life so seriously even when you are dealing with some serious stuff Mm -hmm. you know to the point that you are not allowing yourself to engage with the lighter sides of life so even while we may be dealing with death you know Go ahead and still love on the people that you love. Go right. ahead and spend that quality time. Like, and I that's why I think she's my yeah. favorite. Gotcha. So, okay. Well, you say a top three. So then that means let me see Uncle Clifford, Miss Mississippi, and Grandmother for me. Okay. Yeah. Since we Miss Mississippi and my she can't be my top. Look, it's not that she like who she is, is like she's the favorite that way, but definitely not her storyline. Definitely right. not her storyline. Yeah. I know that would just touch you a certain way, Brian. I know. Yeah. It does it does me too. It does me too. Um and every and time I, I see it, her her come on the screen, I'm like, please don't let this man jump on her in the next turn. Like, no you know, fact. But I like, think that's why I don't like her character because her character brings me legit anxiety. I'm over here tapping my foot, y'all, when we said <laughs> Mississippi again. Like, oh it stresses me yeah. out because I want to just I think she implores my Captain Save a Ho mm-hmm. for like Definitely. any, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm not calling her a ho. That's not the point of Captain Save a Ho, but like I'm calling myself that. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Like, I knew what you meant, friend. I got you. <laughs> Look, we here. We here, friend. <laughs> okay. Got so it. I, next question. Um, are there any moments that occurred on the show that you can, that you have personally experienced or can relate to Hmm. personal experiences on the show i mean no i think the things that i can relate to is the ongoing theme of like death you know Mm -hmm. being around Mm -hmm. and having to ultimately continue on with your life as you're grieving or that you or had a huge traumatic experience and noticing that it's somewhere in your body so actually a personal experience yeah where I've had traumatic experiences and my body takes on the physical ailments of that trauma, even if mm. it wasn't a physical trauma. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, uh, in that case, I would say so. For instance, I think I we talked about it before, but um, on the show, I'm really not sure if we have or not, but um, I used to have chronic migraine and um, mm. that didn't start to... And y'all, it was so many things. I was looking to see if I had tumors, all kinds of stuff. To the point that they ended up telling me that I have a nerve imbalance. But I later realized that it was my empath energy kicking in where I'm taking on other people's mm. emotions as my own. 
Mm-hmm. And once I stopped doing that, my migraine ceased. Wow. And they will show up every now and then based off of if I'm not eating a certain way, just medical things. Um, mm-hmm. But they're not as intense. They don't last for four days, off for two days and back. Like, right. that's what my life used to be, you know, taking medications, mm-hmm. all kinds of things. And it just wasn't helping. But right. once I learned to have boundaries, emotional and spiritual um, hygiene and boundaries that was when they lessened. So I was holding, you know, some trauma stuff, some other people's energy and mm-hmm. emotions in my body. And it was creating, it was causing me debilitating pain through mm-hmm. the chronic migraine. But what about you? Well, first of all, well, I'm glad that that is no longer as severe as it used to be uh, because mm-hmm. that sounds horrible. Um, and I guess there's two things that's so first of all, I feel like there's so much relatability in all of the characters that I feel like I could, stuff resonates with me from multiple characters. But, you know, as far as like personal experience, um, as you all know, um, and I guess if you've been listening for a while, but if there's any people that I do have clinical depression. So, you know, um, you know, watching Teek's storyline um, really just reminded me about the importance of support and um, moving away from ignorance to awareness when it comes to mental health. Um, You know, I've not experienced like suicidal thoughts or anything like that. Um, I'm fortunate in that way because most people who have clinical depression do have, typically have suicidal ideations or some type of self-harm thoughts and behaviors. But, you know, so that kind of just, you know, I, I have that experience. And then with the domestic violence. So I've not been an active participant um, in domestic violence, but I've witnessed, I can't talk today, witnessed it uh, (laughs) when I was um, younger and even in adulthood in my um, personal life and my professional life, because, you know, we deal with um, individuals, you know, that are sometimes in active domestic violence situations or have a history of being in abusive relationships. Um, So, you know, that's why, it's so difficult t- for me to watch Miss Mississippi storyline when Derek is in the scene. I, any other time, I'm cool, but when he's mm-hmm. in the 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 scene, um, definitely triggered. Um, definitely. Um, although it's a TV show, it definitely triggers my you know fear of safety for someone else. Um, mm-hmm. You know, almost like right, they say that Captain Save a Hole kick in, you know, but also mm-hmm. it's triggering for my own experiences that I witnessed and my own, you know, vicarious trauma um, as a result. Um, but yeah, but like I say, I'm just I'm glad that the show is is bringing real issues to the forefront and putting it in front of a different audience than is normally placed in front of. So mm-hmm. kudos to to P Valley for that. You know what? You said some things that actually. I do realize that I did have some like more relatability to this. Um, but yes, the personal and professional things with DV, mm-hmm. um, having a friend that attempted um, suicide. Oh, wow. Um, I've had suicidal ideations before based off of an episode. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like those those things have definitely come up. And when it comes to um, Miss Mississippi, I think I'm a little bit, I think that's why even more I'm like, oh, I can't take her character because even when Derek is not in the scene, mm-hmm. I'm already on like edge trying to make sure Derek do not pop up in the scene. Listen, you remember that one period. scene where he was behind the like um, DJ booth? 
And yes. we didn't know he was there yet. When he popped up, I said, damn, why are you showing up? Like, go oh my away. God. Like, mm. literally go away. Yes, friend. Yeah. I, I just definitely, mine's uh, bad. Well, for real. It, it, for real. But, uh, you know, I'm going to keep watching. But, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like the only way Can to remedy it. this feeling is for him to go. Whether he uh, just go out of town, go to prison or something. Die. Uh, but, he got to go. But you see, even, okay, I, I'm going to say this for listener's sake. Like, you know, let's put in perspective for, if you know anyone that is actually dealing with intimate partner violence, domestic violence, understand that we're talking about this fear from us watching the show, right? This right. anxiety. Imagine right. how they feel in their livelihood day to day. And so that is often why when the abuser goes to jail, goes out of town, whatever, they still don't have a sense of relief. Sometimes the only relief does come from that person actually dying. Like, let's be real about it. Right. And because they don't know when they're going to be out or anything like that. And, you know, in my work before, when whenever I was dealing with DV cases, if I knew that the abuser would be getting out of jail or anywhere, I would make it my business to make sure I let that person know before they got out so that they weren't mm-hmm. blindsided. Because I think right. that's often a part that would be left out in the process Absolutely. you know of their safety right right and just to latch on to to what rod day said if you or someone you know is experiencing domestic violence and you're looking for support you can call 1-800-799-7233 which is the national domestic violence Hotline. thank you for that friend all right y'all so now it's time for our earth lesson being inclusive and accepting others for who they are doesn't equate to agreement or corroboration Inclusivity is about seeing and treating all individuals fairly and the same. Please be kind to each other. Respectfully, a melanated therapist. All right, fam. Remember to follow us on IG at RespectfullyMT and send your questions and topic requests to RespectfullyMT at gmail.com. Until next time, fam. Peace. Respectfully. 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 Respectfully, a melanated therapist. therapist.